This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. What's up, kinfolk? It's RJ Young. On this episode of the number one ranked show, we will give you the first of two Pac-12 Media Day episodes, kicking it off with Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, and USC, Chip Kelly at UCLA, Jake Dickert and Cameron Ward at Washington State, and many, many more. If you like the show, please subscribe to the number one ranked show on YouTube, and please leave us a five-star review on the podcast episodes. Very important to helping people understand how and where to find the audio content. All right, let's talk to Lincoln Riley. I'm pleased to be joined by USC head coach Lincoln Riley. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. I wonder going into this season, what it is that you think that you have to do to grow as a head coach? I think you always have to grow. That's that's you're asking your players, your other staff members to do it, but you're not going to do it. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Uh, this is a new challenge uh, in my career. This is uh, a very different challenge. And I think it's forced me to, to get out of my comfort zone, which is good. That's how, that's how you progress in anything in life. And uh, whether it's been, you know, implementing a new team culture, you know, hiring a, a you know, a completely new staff, even though I was familiar with, with many of the faces that we brought here to USC, uh, constructing a roster in really an unprecedented way. I mean, it's all been new, but it's been fun. I mean, that's uh, I enjoy the, the challenges like that. I, I always have. It's uh, it, it brings a, a new energy, uh, a new a new amount of excitement that I think our staff and players share. And um, it's been yeah, it's kind of it's kind of been it's been very interesting first seven or eight months, but I think new jobs are always like that. Uh, but we've really embraced it. And the people of USC have certainly embraced us in the program. I believe 47 new faces to your program this year. Uh, I wonder what's it like to try to build camaraderie around that many new faces in a new program with a new head coach. It, it's a challenge, but I think we had a, we had something to rally around from the beginning and it's that, at the end of the day, you know, all of those new faces made a choice to want to be here at USC. And whether it was the new people coming in, whether it was our, our um, team that was, that was held over from the previous year, you know, all of those players had a chance to leave and transfer or declare for the draft or whatever it is. All of the players that came in could have went to other schools. All of the coaches that came in here uh, could have stayed at their previous school. And uh, everybody – that made that decision, I think, has taken it personal to to get USC back to where we believe it should be in college football. And so we've been able to rally around that point. And I and I would give our team a lot of credit. I with the way this roster was constructed, our team camaraderie is further along than maybe what I would have thought at this point. It really is. The guys have really embraced each other. Um, they've taken the time out to get to know one another. Um, it doesn't, when you're around this team, it does not feel like we were constructed the way we were. That's an interesting observation because I was going to ask, how close is this team from a culture and leadership standpoint to some of your better teams in the past? Uh, you know, I, I think from a culture standpoint, I'm, I'm excited about what we're building. I mean, this is this is obviously a totally different situation than the one um, that I inherited at Oklahoma. Um uh, and so, but I think in that way, there's been some advantages with that too, where sometimes when you start with a, a blank slate, it's, it's easier in a way to, to make the changes that you deem necessary. And, uh, I, I think our team has been very receptive of that. Um, so we've, and, and I tell you, it, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, it's, you know, there's been, yeah, there's a lot of work to do and build a roster the way we did and new staff and all that's going on. But I mean, our, our staff has really enjoyed it because of how receptive these players have been and they they want it i mean they're they're hungry for the culture they're hungry to learn how to play championship level football and uh we brought a staff that knows what that looks like and hopefully it's a great combination you mentioned fun coach i'm going to need you to give me an example because uh, i've heard some in the past but i want to hear some new ones 
<laughs> we've had a lot of fun together. Uh, they, um, we we had a competition in the in the spring, uh, a kicking competition at the end, and um, you know our guys no tip, kickers. No, no, the kickers were involved, but they we we had one assigned, or we had we had them assigned. If they made them, basically, then the coaches had to had to do some of the up downs. If the if they uh, um, if they missed any, then the players had to. And our our kickers were pretty clutch, and we ended up on the ground, which our players definitely enjoyed. They they were able to give us a taste of our own medicine. No, I appreciate knowing that, Coach, because those are the small examples that I think lead to some big changes. One that I think you are very familiar with is how Alex Grinch is able to turn around a defense in a very short amount of time. I believe that was a weakness of the 2021 team. How have you seen Coach Grinch's scheme get to these players so quickly? Well, you said it. One, you know, he and the staff know what to do, uh, and that's that's the first step. You, you have to have a plan. And it always helps when your plan has been proven successful. And uh, he's done it at Washington State. He's obviously um, did a great job of it at Oklahoma. The change there was, I mean, obvious to anybody that knows anything about football. And uh, obviously confident that uh, we're going to have a lot of success there def here defensively at USC. Um, I think our players have bought in not only to the overall culture, but enjoyed this scheme. Uh, very, again, it gives me a lot of memories of, of our guys, Kenneth Murray and all the different guys at Oklahoma learning that for the first time. Um, and I think more than anything, they've appreciated the consistency and the intensity of the way our guys teach and the way our guys coach. And uh, so I, I've obviously, I, I felt like when, when, when I took this job that this is a place that you could go get just about any defensive coordinator that you want or have a chance to. And uh, to be able to bring Coach Grinch here was a huge part uh, of this transition. Knowing what Kenneth Murray was capable of in this scheme, I'm excited to see what Shane Lee can do as well. I'd be remiss, Coach, if I did not ask you how you feel about USC joining the Big Ten in a couple of years. I, it'll be exciting when it comes, but I've, I've been through this. You know, I mean, this is – what I learned going through it is – it's going to make news for a few days. People are going to be talking about it, and, and rightfully so. We get it. It's a big deal. But, you know, I this is year one, and this is an opportunity to compete in the Pac-12 Conference, which I was very much looking forward to, um, a chance to play in some unique venues, compete against different people. Um, uh, and so we're, we're going to embrace that. You know, that we are going to embrace that. I mean, a lot of the guys that are on our football team right now won't ever even be a part of the Big Ten Conference. So, I mean, that's – Honestly, with the team, we've we've had it hasn't been that hot of a topic inside our locker room, or really even even within the staff. Everybody's hyper focused on doing the best they can for this team right now. USC head coach Lincoln Riley, thank you for taking time, sir. You got it. Thank you. I'm pleased to be joined by USC quarterback Caleb Williams. Caleb, how you doing, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. I want to start with this. You know where I'm from. How hard was it to for you to leave Oklahoma? Um. It was probably one of the toughest things I've had to do, um, other than having to sit for six weeks. Um, but other than that, it was it was it was really tough. Um, I almost stayed not for the coaches, not for anything like that, but for the guys that you know I helped or um, the guys that you know, was there or came in with me. Um, I, I almost stayed for them just because. Um, those are my guys. I've you know, been to battle, been to war with them for for a year now. So, uh, or then it was for a year. So it was it was a really tough moment. Um, but I had to make a decision, and I ended up choosing here. Feels like since July 4, twenty twenty, you first made your announcement to commit in high school. You have had such notoriety and fame following you around. Have you been able to deal with this constant pressure and really people getting at you from all angles? I got to believe your mentions are just stupid. Yeah, um, I deal with it. Um, one, I, I, I normally just kind of shove the negativity to the side. Um, it's the easiest way. Just don't deal with it. Um, and then two, uh, you know, when things do bother me or you have a tough game and, you know, you might see something because, um, like I said, social media is everywhere. Everybody's always on social media. And um, most times it's negative when you lose. So, um, yeah, so I, 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 I try not to deal with it and I normally push it aside. But if it ever gets to me, I have a support system at home um, or the coaches here or anybody like that, my friends, my brothers um, that support me. So 
um, get through that really easily, just just for simple fact of them. Because without them, I wouldn't be able to. It would bother me or anything like that. So, um, you know, support system um, and just not dealing with it. You went from the frying pan into the fire as a true freshman at OU, right? Very fast. So what is it that you are looking to grow and work on going into 2022 that you want to eliminate from 2021? Um, I'd say um, I want to complete the ball more. My, my completion percentage is quick, easy passes. I'm not trying to, you know, you know, I had a couple stupid freshman moments, I'd say, um, and and not trying to have any of those where, you know, I do something dumb where I could have just thrown the ball out of bounds, uh, lived to fight another day um, or anything like that. So um, those moments, just stupid freshman moments and then um, just progressing within the offense, learning more, um, you know, learning more about the, the playbook and how certain runs, what they're good against, what they're not good against. Um, uh, what, what certain pass plays are, are good against, what certain quick games are good against, um, and, and learning my opponents better. How have you and Coach Riley been able to implement this offense with a bunch of guys, well, Mario Williams not included, who haven't been a part of it? Um, we've, uh, it's been it's actually been really smooth. Uh, we have, I mean, we've drilled it uh, with the coaches um, in the film room, on the field, um, all the all the player led, player ran um, um, workouts or, or uh, seven on sevens or anything like that. So uh, just kind of drilling it, getting reps. Uh, those are always the easiest ways, um, you know, watching film and, and, and getting some reps in um, for sure. The easiest ways. Um, and then we got a bunch of smart guys um, on the team. So, you know, I can't wait to play with them and get out there on the field with them. What's the mood like uh, in South Central with folks knowing who you are and where you're coming from? Excitement, um, not just excitement that I'm here, but excitement for the team. Um, everybody's been very excited every time anybody stops me. Uh, good luck this season. Uh, hope y'all have a good season. Um, so it's it's been awesome. Have you heard from someone that raised your eyebrows? Uh, like, for instance, if I heard from Dr. Dre that I want you to have a great season, it would mean something to me. But I don't know that that means something to you because I outdate you by about 15 years, so... You gonna have to let uh, Snoop Dogg, off oh, real, yeah, uh, Snoop and uh, PJ Tucker, uh, James Harden, a couple of people like that. It's been it's been awesome. PJ let you in the shoe closet? No, no, but we did talk about it a little fat. I had to I had to ask a few questions, so uh, we we talked a little about that, just joking around, anything like that. But um, no, he didn't let me in the shoe closet, not yet at least. I'm gonna get a couple of them. <laughs> I'm saying, man, and wear them because yeah, that's what they're for. They're yeah. shoes. Yeah. It's interesting to me to know that so much of the OU staff that was there in 2021 is at SC. I wonder how that has played uh, across, well, the conference from guys that you've heard from. Do they expect to see what you were capable of and win in 11 games last year, this year? Um. We're not necessarily focused, like obviously everybody wants to win every game. Um, you know, there's a lot of excitement with the new coaches and new players. We have like 47 new players or something like that on the roster. So um, there's a lot of excitement behind that. But we are hugely focused on winning the moment um, and, and choosing discipline over default. Um, and that's, that's, you know, you choose discipline over, you choose a discipline over default, which means that you're choosing to win the moment and not focusing on what you can't control. Um, you know, focusing on, you know, game 12 when we're not even through fall camp. Um, and so, you know, we want to win every game, uh, every game possible that we have uh, every time we step on the field because that's what we work so hard for. But like I said, we're focused on winning the moment, winning fall camp right now, and then going into that first game versus Rice. USC quarterback Caleb Williams, thank you so much for taking time, sir. Thank you. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm pleased to be joined by UCLA head coach Chip Kelly. Coach, how you doing? RJ, I'm good. Not as well-dressed as you are, but I'm good. I appreciate that, coach. 
I wanted to start with how is it to have a returning starter in Dorian Thompson-Robinson and four years of knowing what he looks like and can do? Well, unlike some other coaches, I get to sleep at night. You know, when you, when you have someone like Dorian who's been around, he's going into year five, you know, and because of COVID, they got an extra year of eligibility. Um, he played a ton as a true freshman, and then he's been a starter. Um, you know, going in, and there's not many people that get five-year starters, and we do. And so um, he's done a great job of being a leader. Uh, he can explain to play players that come into the program, whether they're transfers or young kids, um, not only how we do things, but why we do things. Um, he's got a great grasp of everything. Uh, he's got a tremendous work ethic, you know, so I think you can look at his work ethic and um, say, wow, that's the way it's supposed to be done. You know, it's football's really, really important to Dorian. Um, he's getting it done in the classroom also. So, you know, he's, he's everything you want in a football player. Small, no small feat, by the way, at UCLA. That's, no. It's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. To that end, how do you keep your players engaged and keep them ready to get after it after what I thought was a really remarkable season by you, 8-5, you end up uh, being a couple teams that I – had you, had we had this conversation last year, mm-hmm. I asked you how you felt about LSU, and you said, eh, I don't care, you know. Uh, you're going 1-0 every year yeah. or every week. Yeah. How do you keep that mentality moving forward? I think our players have learned through that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, um, you know, we obviously had a, had a couple of really big victories um, mm-hmm. and then, then dropped one after the LSU game. You know, then went on a little bit of a stretch and then dropped on to Utah and then rallied and had an unbelievable finish to the season. You know, beating Colorado, beating SC, um, and then beating Cal and scoring, uh, you know, averaging about 50 points in those games. So um, our kids figured out, you know, it's, it is about every week and it is about, you know, each week is a season. Um, you can't really look too far ahead, you know, and I think they, they've learned that. Um, we got a predominant amount of those guys back, so I think they can impart those lessons on the new guys that we've added to our program. Um, and we've added some key pieces that I think are really going to help us. So um, we're really, really excited about this year. We have a mature team. We'll have 21 kids uh, that will play for us this fall that have already graduated, you know, and then they're in grad school. Um, and, and and so there's a maturity to this football team that, that um, you're excited and you really want to be around them. It's interesting you talking about adding those pieces. You took in more transfers than incoming freshmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not – that's – Five years ago, we yeah. would have never thought that. Now that's normal. Yeah. How do you feel about the future of the sport going that way? I, I don't really – I think sometimes people get too worried about where is it headed instead of taking care of the job at task. And, and our goal always, number one, is two things. It's it's our team and the season, you know, and we're not looking past anything more than that. You know, I think if you're starting to say, hey, we got a four-year plan and we're going to bring this in and develop them then, um, you may not be around in four years. You know, I think it's uh, it's a year-to-year deal now. You know, you, you can look to the professional ranks, look what the Rams have done, you know, when they took in Stafford and OBJ and all those other guys and what Les and, and Sean McVay did a great job of putting together a team. You know, I think every year is a unique process of team building and how do we build the team for this season? And that's what, what our process is. And I think we built a good team for this season. Um, when this season's over, well, then we'll plan on um, building a team for next season. I understand wanting to stay in the present, but I got to ask Coach, because uh, mm-hmm. Coach Day, I talked with just a couple of days ago, yeah. had learned that UCLA was going to be added to the Big Ten Conference while mm-hmm. you guys were golfing together. I wondered if you could tell me the version of that story. Yeah, we were in a small charity golf tournament back in New Hampshire, and I was in the group in front of Ryan. So um, I got a call going into, I think it was the 14th hole. Um, and I was told that, you know, there was a vote coming up and that we would be leaving to go to the conference if the vote was yes. And I said, when? And they said, two years. And I said, all right. <laughs> we played the next four holes, and uh, cut, Ryan caught up with uh, two holes to go. And his said he was phone was getting blown up, and my phone was getting blown up. And it was there was we didn't have any say in it, so it was just you know, two years is a long time. So um, that was about it. But having seen so much change in the last five years, mm-hmm. how do you keep yourself level and day to day? Because I think you worry about what you can control, you know. And I think uh, you know we had no vote on where we play or what conference we're in. We're not involved in. Um, rules changes. We're not involved in conference realignment. You know, we're involved in, as I said, our focus is our team in the season. You know, so if we always keep the main thing the main thing, then, then you'll be fine. You know, they, it's an ever-changing landscape. And I think once you understand that, you, you got to roll with the punches. You got to kind of lean into it. I think that is getting into my final question for you, Coach, which is really how do you feel about the future of the sport in, say, 15 years? And I'm asking you to project 10, yeah. 15 years. I think the the sport itself 
is awesome. I don't think there's been a better product on the field. You know, when you watch the competitive nature of the games, um, you watch the the X and O's and the scheming that's going on. I think when you look at the nutrition, sports science, and development of kids off the field, um, I think it's it's at an all-time high. Um, we just have to have the rule changes that have changed. I think the governance of those rules changes and the enforcement of those rules changes have to kind of catch up to the rules themselves. But I, I think the sport's in a, in a great spot, and I'm excited about where it's headed. UCLA head coach Chip Kelly, thank you for taking time, sir. All right, RJ, you'll teach me how to dress, buddy. You're fine. You got it. <laughs> I'm pleased to be joined by Justin Wilcox, head coach at Cal. Coach Wilcox, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm good, sir. Let's start with this. I know the record last year is five and seven, but I look at those losses. Five of those are what one point games, or excuse me, one possession games. Is it that close, coach? Is it really that close? Yeah, it was last year, and okay. unfortunately, we uh, didn't make enough plays to turn it the other way. Um, so. Yeah, the record was frustrating. We uh, weren't pleased with with that, but certainly pleased with how the guys finished the season and uh, really uh, kind of stayed together as a team and didn't doubt each other or, or themselves. And so gave us an opportunity to finish much stronger. Um, now we got to find ways uh, to win those games. And, you know, there's specific things on offense and defense and, and you know, some big picture things we can do better as a team. And uh, that's what we're working on doing. I got one. I believe you're 16 or no when you rush for 165 or more. Mm -hmm. Is that really down to your offensive line and how well you move the football? Yeah, I think uh, the offense starts with the offensive line. I mean, we we have some uh, talented playmakers. We feel like on the uh, perimeter, we got some new quarterbacks that we feel like are are talented passers. But ultimately, the the offensive line makes it go, and uh, uh, we'll have some new faces on the offensive line, but. Uh, feel strong about those guys coming together. Uh, they've had a really good off season. They've had a great summer and, and now it's about putting it all together and, uh, everybody's got to do their part, you know, but we got to start up front and, uh, whether it's run game or pass protection and that'll allow the skill guys to go make their plays. You mentioned a couple of new faces at the quarterback position. Mm -hmm. When I ask you about one in particular, what has Jack Plummer shown you so far that leads you believe he can compete for that number? Yeah, one he's shown us quite a bit. He's, uh, Picked the offense up very quickly. You can tell he's a cerebral guy. Um, he came, uh, he was well coached uh, prior to getting to us, and so you could tell that um, he's a talented passer. He can throw the football, uh, and he's a competitor. You know, and I've been uh, encouraged by how he's uh, really since the day he he got here, uh, kind of assimilated with the team, and now is providing leadership at that position, uh, which is, is key. You know, you really do want your quarterback to have a voice on the team and uh, to speak up, and he does that. And so uh, really encouraged about, you know, his short time in the program and looking forward to watching him continue to grow as a player. We're at a time of outstanding change. I don't think we've seen this much change in 20 years, maybe more, Coach. But one of those changes is UC, USC and UCLA are headed to the Big Ten in a couple of years. And you're the lone school left in the Pac-12 in the state of California outside of Stanford. Does that open up recruiting for you? Well, uh, that's a great question. And uh, these are complex things that are going on, as you uh, well know. Um, California and Northern California will always be uh, a recruiting focus for us. And so that won't change. Uh, there's no doubt. Um, but we feel like you know, with the education and some of the things that we can do to provide a great environment uh, for our players, that there's going to be a lot of guys out there who will welcome the opportunity to come to Cal. And uh, uh, the state of California will always be where it starts for us. Another change that was announced before all this happened is the divisions are going away. You're no longer in the Pac-12 North. There is no more Pac-12 North. Do you think that makes the conference that much more competitive? Yeah, it's, it's a very competitive conference uh, as is. I mean, you just look at the the teams from top to bottom, um, it's just uh, like the parity within the league is, is substantial. And there's really good players and there's good coaches and they're at a lot of different places. And so you got to bring it each and every week. Um, and now with the new uh, model and, you know, the, the uh, top two are going to the championship game and we're all in support of that. And uh, there still has to be some scheduling 
because there are 12 teams and they got to figure out, you know, how to schedule them. And we want to make sure, and we're in favor of playing the California schools always. And so we're able to do that, but uh, I think it's a good thing. And, uh, you know, ultimately our job is to go out and, and win. And so uh, that's what we're concerned with. And uh, we're going to start working on that again on Friday when we hit the practice field. It's interesting. You point out that you want to play the California schools and how important the regional aspect of college football is comes to my focus, which leads me to this question, coach. It's open-ended. Please go any direction you want with it. But how do you feel about the future of college football? Um, I know it's, I know there's a lot going on. As you mentioned, we haven't seen, I mean, any one of these changes in a given year would be substantial, but when there's you know, four or five, six significant changes in college athletics, uh, you know, can feel a bit unsettling to a lot of people uh, who have been around and been fans and been a part of college athletics for a long time. Um, I think there's going to be real positives that come out of all this, even though it may be a little uncomfortable in the moment for a lot of folks. And so I still have, I mean, people love college football. Uh, there's a, a place for college football in our country. It's not going to go away. And so is it changing? It absolutely is changing. Do we have to keep our knees bent a little bit? Yep. Uh, but we, I think a lot of these things are going to be beneficial for the student athletes and um, for the institutions. And, and we're ready for that. And as I mentioned, it, it may not feel comfortable all the time for everyone, but that's just part of growing. Knees bent. Head on a swivel. I love that yeah. coach. Yeah. Knees bent. Cal coach Justin Wilcox, thank you so much for taking time, sir. Thank you. Go Bears. I'm pleased to be joined by Washington State head coach Jake Dicker. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, it's just a pleasure to be here. I mean, football's right around the corner. I mean, it's just an exciting time. You know, the passion uh, of college football that makes it so great is, is almost here. So we're excited to get started. I'm excited to see what Washington State is capable of in 2022, especially coming off of not just the first Apple Cup win for Washington State against Washington seven years, but resoundingly so, 40 to 13. How do you carry that momentum into 2022? Well, I think that was really a special group that we had last year. You know, I think we showed the world, you know, the culture and the people that are within our program, you know, and those players really wanted to finish and do something and accomplish something that they hadn't done throughout their five years there, you know? So to carry that momentum on, it's, it's about building a new group. You know, I talk to our guys all the time, you know, that was something that those guys accomplished, you know, but I think that group set the tone of how it looks like, what's the work ethic and what it's going to take to win big time football games in pressure environments, you know, so you can never replicate that game day environment and that experience, you know, and we're excited about the guys that we have coming back but it's about that mentality and that belief to be 1-0 each week. You made a huge splash twice as far as I'm concerned. First in hiring Eric Morris coming from Incarnate Word, and then Cameron Ward follows him to Washington State. How excited are you to have a guy on staff that also shares an FCS background mm -hmm. and a guy that has developed Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, and the like? Well, I think Eric Morris is one of the best young offensive coordinators in the country. You know, so be able to bring Eric in – but it's about alignment. You know, I think he shares the vision of what I have for offensive football as well. I think he does a tremendous job of game planning each week. It isn't a system of this is what we do. Let's fit it to our players. And let's go out there and be explosive uh, each and every week. And that starts at the quarterback position, you know, and, you know, the, the, the synergy between coordinator and quarterback is, is very important. You know, and I think Cam has a a really comfortable attitude within our uh, offense. And I've had an opportunity to see his jump from really that first year in the offense to the second. It's just at a different place. You know, and I grew up on Brett Favre, you know, and that is what Cam Ward reminds me of. You know, he takes those chances. He's a great playmaker. He's going to extend plays. And he's also very smart and he works in the film room. He's going to get us uh, into a lot of, um, you know, great situations because we put a lot on the quarterback. This is a quarterback-driven offense. And Cam Ward, I'm a believer, you know, and I told him I trust him. Go out there, cut it loose, and you're the decision maker for this program, and we have your back. And he's earned that trust, you know, through repetitive action and hard work. So he came into a great situation and really worked hard, and, and uh, this is partly his football team now. My mother's very excited to hear you say Brett Favre. Um, she's a Southern Miss grad, so she's going to get that. But you mentioned repetitive action. What does that mean for you, Coach? What does that mean in your program? 
Well, I think it just means he, he came in and he earned the trust of the team, you know, and we have a culture of hard work. You know, you want to be part of Washington State as part of the Palouse, as part of our people, our fan base, our alumni, our faculty. Our team respects hard work. You know, and Cam came in and, and just put his nose down and just went to work. He ended up being like an extra coach on the field, you know, because he knew the offense better than our players. He did a good job almost just running some of the player run practices by himself and just that's how leadership is born, right? Through action, not through words. You know, so it was fun to watch Cam do that as he continues to grow throughout the summer. And I think it'll take the next step as we get the pads back on back in fall camp. I don't want you to be specific for obvious reasons, coach, but can you tell me about maybe a flash play that you saw from Cam going against what I suspect is you and Coach Ward's defense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was like a, it was like a red zone uh, kind of competitive series and you know, he, he breaks away out of the pocket. He starts backpedaling to his left. He throws a strike back over the middle of the field to Lincoln Victor, one-handed snag. You're just like, he's got it. And it is so hard to find. And I had an opportunity to be at Wyoming and watch Josh Allen. And there's just an it factor that just reminds you of those type of guys. But it's more than talent, it's mentality. You know, so that was the one play that just stands out. I'm like, this guy has it. Couple of broader questions for you, coach, if you don't mind. First one is, how do you feel about the strength of the conference going in in 2022? Well, I'm excited for 2022. You know, I, th I think we got a, a bunch of schools that that have improved and have a bunch of want to to prove who we are. You know, and I think uh, that's a great place to be. You know, and I think uh, you know each week. What I love about the Pac-12 is that you have to bring your A game, right? Every team can beat anybody on any week. And I think that's a great place to be as a conference. And uh, it makes it exciting that you got to tune in and there isn't just going to be one team that, that's dominating year to year. So um, Washington State is one of those programs. Why not us? You know, and I think that's important. When we play our best and when we execute, you know, I think we have a chance to be 1-0, you know, every Saturday. A bit of a simple question, Coach, but indulge me if you will, take it any direction we'd like. How do you feel about the future of college football? Change is inevitable, you know, and I think that's an important part. Like, everyone wants progress. Nobody wants change, okay? And change is inevitable. I talk to our players about it all the time. You know, it's about surrounding ourselves with solution-based leaders, okay? It's solutions, right? So, you know, I'm really, you know, proud to be with, with George and our commissioner and our team at the Pac-12 because I think they're going to lead us into a new era of Pac-12 football and the Pac-12 conference. You know, so as college football continues to change, we're going to change with it. You know, the, the hardest part is it's changing at a very rapid pace. Um, so you got to be able to adapt, move. You know, I'm all about uh, players and, and their empowerment and, and what they mean to this game. But it still is about student athletes, you know, and their future is really important to me. You know, I, I really say I'm the director of their future. You know, so to understand that, you know, 3% of our guys last in the NFL, right? So to have them be professionals and something else is really important to me. And I get to use the vehicle of football to mold these young men, you know, so let's not lose that, you know, as we continue to change, evolve and adapt, uh, let, let's, let's have a focus on student athletes and, and creating their future because this game of football changes their lives. Washington State head coach Jake Dickert. Thank you for taking the time, sir. Absolutely. Go Cougs. I'm pleased to be joined by Washington State quarterback Cameron Ward. Cam, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, sir. Uh, I want to start with this, dog. What was the decision like for you to leave Incarnate Word and rejoin Coach Morris at Wazoo? Uh, it was a big decision for me. It was also a life-changing decision, you know, to leave a place who was the only place to give me my first offer, uh, my only offer out of high school, and you know everything they've done for me for that program. Uh, they're going to be a great program, continue going up into the future. So it was a, it's more of a business decision for me. Uh, I feel like it was the right time for me to go up there within Washington State to prove myself at a power five level, which I know I'm capable of doing. So you know a lot of things went to the decision, but at the end of the day, you know I'm happy I, uh, I ended up going. Coach Dickert is very excited to see you operate during the regular season, knowing what you're capable of and what you've shown in the spring. But I want to take it back to West Columbia, Texas. You're talking about my only offer out of high school was Incarnate Word. What do you think was holding other folks back from seeing you for the kind of player that you are? 
Uh, you know, the offense that I play in the high school, uh, Wayne T is not really the best offense, you know, for a quarterback or any skill position to get, uh, you know, highly recruited. So that played a part. Uh, but also, uh, you know, just where I was located, it's not a lot of small town kids who uh, who get, you know, big time offers unless you're just, you know, a freak athlete, a five star coming out. So, you know, just the location I was at, you know, but it didn't day. That's not an excuse. I just I feel like I'm, I was there for a reason. Uh, God puts me a uh, place for a reason. You know, at the end of the day, it worked out in my favor. What did you think when Coach Morris did offer you? It was a blessing, man. Uh, I remember, I remember the day he came. Uh, came that uh, Wednesday, uh, right before my district game on a Friday, he offered me uh, in front of my mom and my two sisters. Uh, so just getting that first offer, man, it was just it was just joyful for me. Then going up there that Friday, going my OV, I had to miss the uh, district basketball game. So just going up there, you know, seeing the uh, seeing the campus, the beautiful campus, right in the. Uh, Heart of downtown San Antonio, so it's just perfect spot where it is. Uh, going there, commit there that Sunday, and you know, just I, I never looked back. It's a blessing. Did you know anything about his background before he got the Incarnate Word? Before he offered you, I know I know a little bit about it. Uh, you know, the guys who he's coaching, you know, like the Pat Mahomes, the big time players he's coached. Uh, and uh, I knew he was going to throw the ball, and that's what I was looking forward to throwing the ball a lot. I love throwing the ball, the passion for it. So anytime I get a chance, you know, you know, go out in the field, you know, just play with him, playing for a coach who trusts me to operate his system. And, you know, it just, it just makes it easier that way for playing, playing for someone that you know who trusts you. Dog, an operator you did. 4,600 passing yards, think over uh, nearly 50 touchdowns in 2021. Yo, man, uh, what was it like when it was like, oh, you really going to let me throw it, throw it? Man, he's a sight. I, I words ain't even been invented yet. Uh, just and the the freedom that he gives me. Uh, Another other, the other quarterbacks through the system. We can check any play, whether that's a run or a pass. Um, you know, I love the the new uh, formation that we put in. A little bit more heavy set, some tight ends that we use now. You know, helps us in the play action, running game, just setting some stuff up. So the he's a he's a great offensive mind head coach. He's a great person. Uh, his little kids. Jack and George love me, so I love being around their family. Uh, so, you know, he's just a great dude. It's really fascinating for me to hear you talk about the the tight ends being a part of the offense because I'm old enough to remember Jason Morrow and what he was capable of at that wide position. How excited are you to get the wise involved at Wazoo? Oh, very excited. We had some athletic tight ends start uh, with our four-star freshman who came in, Andre Dollar. Who definitely sees some playing time. We have uh, Billy. Uh, he's a transfer from North Dakota State. Uh, he's one of our he our heavy uh, blockers. He catches the ball real well. We just got a transfer transfer Cam Johnson from a, a JUCO. So he has great routes, great hands. Um, so he's just getting there, learning the offense. He's going to be a great weapon for us. So just having big bodies who can who can move similar to receivers and also help us in the run game when we need when we need to is just going to help the entire offense as a whole. You from not just Texas but Southern Texas, right? It's hot. It's on the water. You move up to Pullman, what you think? You just got to adjust. You got to adjust. Uh, got there in January, snow like every day I was there. Uh, I seen snow before, but it wasn't nothing like that. So uh, I always tell myself, you never know where football going to take you. So, you know, you don't know where you're going to play in the cold or you have to go play like somewhere where it's hot every day, each and every day. So, you know, you just take it, you deal with it. Um, everything has for a reason. Like I say, you know, I just, I'm just happy to be at a place like Pullman who just loves their football, true college town. Can't really, you know, get in trouble out there. So I like that I'm that I'm really focused out there, you know, just ready to go put on for cool country. Cam, this is the 55th anniversary of Wazoo having his first black quarterback uh, start a game. He was running the Houston Veer ball, things he's from Texas to 1967. His name is Johnny Davis. Did you know any of that? Does that mean anything to you? Uh, I didn't know any of that. Um, um, as I was coming out to Wazoo, uh, you know, some of the alumni, they had a, Quarterback uh, golf classic. Uh, I was blessed to get the invitation to go there and meet some of the uh, see some of the guys like Jack Thompson. Uh, I didn't get a chance to meet Drew Bless, so I got a chance to talk on the phone with him. He's a cool dude. Uh, so you know, just put, being the first black quarterback, you know, a long time in Washington State, you know, it's a blessing. Uh, you know, it's a responsibility that I know I'm ready for. You know, I'm just ready to take on this journey in my life. Right on, Washington State quarterback Cam Ward. Thank you so much for taking time, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm pleased to be joined by Arizona State head coach, Herm Edwards. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing well, and you look dapper today. You look very dapper, matched up with shoes and glasses and jacket. That's that's GQ look. Hey, that's me, coach. That's This is what I do. Let's talk about what you do, right, which is put together outstanding football teams, fundamentally sound. I wanted to start with there's been a tremendous amount of change, though, at Arizona State. How have y'all adapted to this change in 2022? Well, ch change is, is part of football. And as long as I've been in football, um, 
there's always change. Some, some are some uh, subtle changes, some are dramatic changes. For us, it was a little bit, and we anticipated of a dramatic change uh, with the fact that now um, free agency is in college football. And how do you adapt to that? Um, I'm fortunate enough to, to play in a league and coached in a league that we call the free agency. And so now it's part of college football. And I think how you adjust to that, uh, according to what your roster looks like, the players you add, uh, because of the loss of players, we lose 11 players uh, off that last year's team that, that signed NFL contracts. Some drafts, some free agents. How do you replace those guys along with other guys that left um, through the portal? And so I, I think we anticipated that um, before it even happened, right? And what was our roadmap and, and what, was, what were we about to do? And we went portal, JC, grad transfer, some high school to replenish our roster. And when you do that, I think, a lot of people from the outside are saying, what, what's going on? Well, look, no one knows your team better than the people in the building. And I think that's what we always look at. You know, who's in the building? What are the pieces we need? So it was methodical. We went through it methodically. I mean, when the, se the day the season ended, after the Wisconsin game, I went into the room and looked at portal players at every position that we wanted to try to add to our roster and the fact that we will lose so many players. So I think we did a good job of collecting some players with some talent. Now, I think the thing that we'll have to deal with and a lot of teams will have to deal with when you make that sort of change, how do they play together? That'll be interesting. You know, how do they come together as a football team? Couple of high profile transfers, if you will, entering the Sun Devil program, one being Emory Jones, quarterback, another one being Zazavian Halliday. Just go flat out ask coach, who's going to be the starting quarterback with one? <laughs> well, well, hopefully it's going to be the guy that transferred in. But there's still competition, and he knows that. But, but I think at the end, um, his talent, what he can do, what I've watched already, I think that's going to help him. But there's still competition. He understands that. And it's and, you know, I just think certain guys know that. Look, players know this about competition. It's about what you do on the grass. But eventually, we're going to have to make decisions at a lot of positions. Uh, you mentioned those two positions. There are some offensive line positions. A lot of competition at receiver, right, because we brought some guys in as well. Uh, a lot of competition at the corner position. We brought some guys in there as well. We lose two of our corners to the draft, right? So, there are certain positions, but you mentioned the one. It's quarterback because if you don't have one, it feels 150 yards long. It's an important position, Coach. Uh, to that point of competition, though, how much competition does Merlin Robertson have? Because that's a six-year senior you got a lot of football from. Seems to be linchpin in your defense. Uh, zero. Okay. All right. Uh, he, he is a, he's a penciled-in starter. He's been starter since he's a freshman. Everybody knows it. It's just a matter of not wearing him out. And, and I think that's what you have to deal with as well, too, now is you get a lot of these seniors, solely being another one, who's been playing a lot of football for us. You know, how do you cut back on their reps? That, that's important to get them through the season. We felt that last year a little bit uh, due to COVID. Had a lot of guys come back. And it becomes long for some of these guys. It wasn't a four-year career. All of a sudden, it was a five-year career. And it's interesting how that, how that all kind of works when you see it unfold. And it caught us a little by, by surprise, some of us, you know, like, oh, this guy, you know. There comes a point where they're tired of college football. After their fourth year, they're getting another year. It's like, I've been doing this a long time, right? And it's, 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 it's interesting. I'm curious, Coach, you having worked on the broadcast side, having spent so much time in the NFL doing your job now at the college football level, how do you feel about the future of the sport of college football? It's interesting. It's in a place where I, I think we're all trying to figure that out. I don't think anyone has an answer, to be quite honest, because it seems to me every week it changes. And I think you have to adapt to that. It's almost like football is always evolving, right? And you can go back to the history of football where the forward pass was obsolete. It was like, oh, we don't do that, right? Well, then that came into the game. Um, 
spread offenses weren't like, that was college stuff. Well, it's in pro football now. They've adapted to that, right? Um, players are bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. Now, all of a sudden, we look at certain traditions in college football, right? And that's the thing about college. There's so much rich tradition over hundreds, hundreds of years, right? And you look back at it and you go, how is this changing? And if you're from a certain age group, you go, whoa, that's not what I, well, it changes. It's like uh, television used to have the rabbit ears. Now there's no ears at all. It's all you can do about <laughs> your phone, right? I mean, it's just, and we live in a world that way. And I think when sports change, because the one thing about sports, it generally stays the same, but there's always some subtle changes. But now there's college football, the landscape is dramatically changing. And I think we won't know anything for about four years, five years from now. And then we'll settle in and everybody will say, that's college football. And it'll be okay. I hope you're right. <laughs> Arizona State head coach Herm Edwards, thank you so much for taking time, sir. Thank you, my friend. I'm pleased to be joined by Arizona head coach Jed Fish. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Let's start with this, coach. Uh, I wouldn't have expected you to make the sort of noise that you did in the 2022 recruiting cycle following the 2021 season, but you did. You finished with the top 25 class, first time that's happened in Arizona since I was a high school senior in 2006. How'd you pull that off, coach? Well, you know, we talked to all these recruits about it's not where we were, it's where we're headed. And uh, it was our first chance to recruit them. We had no recruiting class the year before we got there. They were all signed prior to our arrival. So this was our first chance to build relationships, make relationships, and uh, really commit to uh, showing them what we're about. And uh, I think with that, you get some luck and you get some guys that want to come early and want to be a part of your program. One guy talks to another guy, talks to another guy. And as we all know, it just becomes, I want to play with him or I want to play with him. And uh, it turned into a pretty good class. How did it feel to win your football game last year? And what did you hear from fans to getting that off their chest? Yeah, you know, it was a, it was a heavy load. It was, uh, you know, the true monkey on your back because you're really dealing with back to 2019. Uh, you're talking about... You know, I think it was eight games in 2019 that in a row and then five more in 2020. Then you lose by, you know, nine touchdowns to end 20 and then you're back and now you've gone five or six more games. And it just it just becomes exhausting because that's what's the topic of conversation. Uh, we needed to get that done. We need to get that behind us. I would have loved to get it behind us week one against BYU and it's we lose 24-16 and don't find a way to win the game when we need to. Uh, I would have loved to get it done week three. I would have loved to get it done. Uh, you know, a couple opportunities we had that we didn't accomplish that goal. So it was great. What I, what I respected the most about our players is they were able to block out the noise. And if you can block out the noise, uh, you got a chance. And, and now, you know, it's behind us. Now it's a matter of just going out there at O&O &O and seeing what we can do. Glad you brought up the single-digit loss to a very good BYU team. You in a bunch of those games. What needs to change to flip those losses into wins? we got to score more in the red zone. We've got to find ways to not just get close, but we can't trade field goals for touchdowns. Uh, you can't turn the ball over as often as we did. We only took the ball away six times all season. We had nine games where we had no takeaways. Um, if you can take the ball away one more time, if you could score one more touchdown in the red zone and not trade it for field goals, uh, we're in a much different situation. Um, but we had some critical turnovers. We're up nine against Washington with eight minutes left, turned the ball over on there going into score. Uh, you know, it's third and one on the one against ASU in a 7-6 game, false start, and then miss a field goal. And, you know, you just start having some things that start happening to you. So you got to just be able to be mentally tough got to be able to score when you get close and uh, hopefully playmakers will help us get there. Sounds simple, but those are the things that I believe you can do to win more football games. But also coach, you're, you're taking another step in the off season, right? You have this NIL collective that you're very proud of. And one of the things I'm really impressed with is you've embraced this aspect of the game and how it has changed just over the course of a year. What led to this and, and how 
How do you feel about the future of college football? Yeah, the the NIL is it is the future of college football in a lot of ways. Um, I hope we maintain our amateurism, and I hope we understand that these kids need college degrees, right? There's about two to three percent of them that might go on and play football after 22 years old. So we got to do a great job between 18 and 22. But a lot of these guys don't have opportunities in life uh, to be able to help mom and dad or help mom or get them to come travel. And unfortunately, there was two things that were happening. Either it wasn't getting done or teams weren't doing it the right way. Now it gives you an opportunity to say, hey, we have opportunities for you. Uh, I'm most proud of our NIL situation where we were able to get every player on our football team a laptop computer. Uh, we had 70 players on our team didn't own a laptop. Uh, people don't realize, you know, that we were able to do hours upon hours of service in the community now through the NIL collective. Our players are able to go out there and impact so many kids with an autograph or a, a time well spent, you know, in the Boys and Girls Club. So they get a little bit of compensation for it and they get to be able to, you know, help themselves and help their families. But in turn, with the smiles they're putting on the community's faces is far greater. I find that fascinating, Coach, you coming from an NFL background and this tumultuous change that you jump right into. Like, hey, I think I want to be a college football coach. Cool, we're going to change up everything you know about the sport. But that said, how have you been able to just stay nimble, adapted, and more to that, positive about what is in store for Arizona football? Yeah, you know, I, when I chose to leave the NFL to go be a college head coach, I did it because I love college football. I love the pageantry. I, I, I challenge our fans you know, come early, stay the whole game. You know, when we start playing, don't stop believing between the third and fourth quarter, stand up and sing. You know, when we're giving out Tucson towels, wave the white towels, you know, get everyone fired up. Uh, embrace the band, embrace the cheerleaders, be at the Wildcat Walk. Uh, understand we're building something special here. From 1980 to 2000, University of Arizona football was, you know, winning 65% of their games. Uh, third most in the Pac-12, um, Pac-10 at that time. And now we have a chance. Uh, we got to do it again. You know, these last 20 years haven't been good to Arizona football in its entirety. We've won 46% of our games. Well, now it's 2022, which means it's year one of the next 20. And uh, that's what we're excited about. Be remiss, Coach, if I didn't ask you who's going to be your starting quarterback week one. Yeah, well, as I said uh, earlier, you know, Jaden Delore is going to be taking all the snaps with the ones uh, right now in training camp. And hopefully that's how it'll uh, plan out uh, week one. Right on. Well, Coach, I'm glad that you got a plan. Stick into that plan. It seems like you're having a good time. Arizona Coach Jed Fish, thanks so much for your time, sir. Thank you.